Yeah. Nice to meet you. My name is Fu. Nice to meet you, Fu. Awesome. Officially. Yeah, officially. Yeah, uh, Jeff was our uh, connector. Um, he started coming to our Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gym, uh, and immediately he uh, gave me your contact information, said it would be a, a perfect fit. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the first time I, uh, I met him, um, I gave him a Rubik's Cube. So then that's uh, it's pretty cool how everything gets uh, connected. Yeah, cool. totally. So, like, um, and then I saw a Cube Together is the thing mm -hmm. that, um, if I'm not mistaken, you started. Yes. That's awesome. Um, give me a little information about that. Okay. So um, I actually started Rubik's Cubing a little over five years ago. My uh, nephew brought a Rubik's Cube over to my parents' house and he had solved it in front of me. And I couldn't believe it. I like, I didn't believe that he could do that. So I asked him to solve it again and he did it a second time. I was so intrigued and so impressed that he did that, that 11 o'clock at night that day, I went to Walmart and bought a Rubik's cube so that I can learn so that the next time he comes over and we see each other, I can say, Hey, I, I learned how to solve it. So that's what really kickstarted like everything. It was my, it was my nephew who had a Rubik's cube solved it. And I wanted to do exactly what he did. So, um, I guess my personality is very competitive. I wanted to be able to solve it just as well as he did. And from there, it just, I have not stopped solving a Rubik's cube since. So it's been five years. That I've just been, been involved with cubes. Um, I enjoyed it so much that I thought everyone else should enjoy it as well. So when I get when I would get invited to like birthday parties or just any type of gathering, I would just have these extra cubes that I would uh, buy from Walmart. It was a Rubik's cube brand one, so you know they cost about eight to ten dollars. Yeah. Um, I would just give them out to people and say, "Hey, dude, if I can solve it, you can solve it too." And then um, I was doing that so often, I figured I should buy the Rubik's cubes in bulk so that they would be just um, more affordable for me to give out. And then I just had this idea to buy it, buy the Rubik's cubes in massive bulk and give them out to people. And that's where like kind of the nonprofit started where I wanted to get people interested in, in um, cubing. And I didn't want them to have an excuse not to cube. So if I gave them a Rubik's cube, it's in their hand. I gave them a couple of instructions on how to solve the first couple of steps. After that, um, they they're gonna have to have their um, they're gonna have the ones that take the time to learn how to solve it and be committed to solving it. Stuff. So that's really what that's really how it all kickstarted. Um, my my wanting everyone else to kind of solve a Rubik's cube because it's really it's really fun. It's really awesome to solve. So the organization is based around like just helping people through. Um, uh, solving cubes or at least learning yeah at least learning um so i mean i always think like someone doesn't walk down the aisles of target and say hey where's that rubik's cube i was always thinking about getting and stuff yeah yeah, yeah. No, one, no one ever just wakes up and says hey, i'm gonna solve a rubik's cube today because the general population thinks it's really impossible they make excuses they say oh, i don't have time i'm not smart enough i'm not good at math um so many different excuses. So I wanted to take those excuses out of the equation, um, have the have the Rubik's cube in front of them, and have them kind of, you know, analyze the cube a little bit. You know, how I usually start is um, how many sides does this Rubik's cube have? And they'll say sometimes they say eight sides, and I'm like, nope, try again. They say six sides. Yep, six sides. And how many 
how many different colors are there? And they'll say six different colors. So it's really cool when you kind of break break down the hardest concepts into very manageable chunks. And it gets really um, it gets a lot of people more uh, motivated to learn when they know it's not just um, this massive massive cube of colors, but yeah. when they can kind of break everything down to the the smallest aspects of what shape is it, what shape is it? How many different colors are there? What are the different type of colors? What's this piece in the middle called? It's called a sensor piece. What is this piece called? When they have that confidence, they can, and then they can start um, kind of learning the solving method. But it's really good when someone just knows the, the general fundamentals of the Rubik's Cube, and then it gives them uh, a, lot of, a lot of confidence, so want to learn the next steps of it. it it's not impossible, is what I you know, try to get people to learn. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah, it is. It does look like a daunting task to everybody, especially when they see it for the first time, and they're mm-hmm. like, uh, especially when they see somebody solving it, because yeah. that in and of itself is just like, oh yeah, I could never do that. Like yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of things like that for me where I look at something and I'm like, my goodness, that that's like I could never do that. But when you're in that situation and you're actually able to like sit down and take the time. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll see that you can actually do a lot more than you actually think you can. Oh yeah, absolutely. My my favorite part is I can provide people the tools. I can p- provide them with the actual cube. I can provide them with a couple of um, um, information about the cube. I can provide them with my YouTube video. They can go home and watch the video. The coolest part about it is that for them to end up solving it, they're the ones that are going to have to pick up the cube. They're the ones that are going to have to practice. They're the ones that are going to have to do it consistently they just can't practice it one day take a whole year off and visit it again um i've noticed a lot of people when they actually do want to solve it they are very committed to it and not everyone is committed to it that's totally fine but the ones that end up solving it they're the ones that that say hmm let me pick it up again let me give it another try it's it's getting easier the more i like i work with it and i think that's true with everything jujitsu i think I'm two and a half years into it. I still don't know much, but um, if I go to class every day and learn those techniques and practice them over and over again, it's not as hard as I thought it was. Um, mm-hmm. Same as the cube. So uh, I, I really do think the best part is that it's it's within themselves. I, I can't I can't sit next to them and say, "Hey, you have to pick up the cube and you have to learn today the next step." It's it's whatever they want to do, and the people that end up solving it, they're the um, they've committed to it. And I think it makes them feel really good about themselves when they when they get their first solve in. Yeah. So it's really great. Yeah. I feel like for the beginner, um, the thrill is the final, the resolution, the solve. But mm-hmm. once you get better at it, I believe that like just the process of just working it out is just as fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. They're so, uh, the cube is so awesome because let's say you're a, a total beginner, totally, total hobbyist that you just want to solve it maybe once a day. That's totally cool. You can use the exact same method that you've learned for the couple of weeks and continue to solve it that same way. But let's say you want to get faster. Let's say you want to beat your two-minute record. You're going to have to learn other techniques or other tips and tricks to get faster and more efficient at it, too. And let's say you want to be a under 10-second solver. There's no way you can maintain um, or uh, keep using that original method. You, there are other methods you have to learn and implement to get to that level and there's 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 always actually there's no limit there's no ceiling to the rubik's cube which is like i've learned over the last five years that i'm learning 
something new every single day. Even when I'm teaching someone or that I'm just doing my casual solves, I'm learning to be more efficient with it. And there's, there is, there really is no limit to the cube, but, mm. but right now we're talking about the three by three. And I just want to show you like my favorite one so far. It's a oh, 13 by 13, boy. right? Yeah. So if you want to say this is hard, you know, this one's going to be astronomically harder. Yeah. Um, so, but, but it's cool that if, if someone wants to just learn the three by three and be a hobbyist at it and solve it a few times a day and solve it at a party for the party trick or solve it for the friends or show the kids that they can solve it. I think that's great. I think that's amazing. But I do like the people that like kind of move on to bigger ones too. Um, because it's just, it's so fun. It's so rewarding as well. Um, yeah. Cubing. It's amazing. <laughs> that's super cool. And then you get like all of like the, um, the other ones where they're like not even perfect squares, um, like the the really weird ones where it's just shapes, like it's all one color, but it's just the shapes shifting around and stuff like that. Oh it's just, yeah, definitely. it's just really cool how like there there's a whole world around just the solving of these revolving puzzles. They're not necessarily like puzzles on 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 a on a table, but it's mm -hmm. something that's like a bit more like three dimensional brain activating. Um, and I, I just think that's super cool. And, um, and yeah, I, I think it, it, it is, as you said, like, it's something that it's totally worth trying because it's almost like a milestone, mm -hmm. uh, that like everybody knows about, like everybody knows what the Rubik's cube is. And like, so many people have just admitted the fact, yeah, I'll never solve one. But like mm -hmm. what you're saying, when you give it to them, when you give them part A and part B and just say, put it together, just give it a little bit of time. It's so mm -hmm. rewarding for not only you to watch them experience it, but mm -hmm. them just to solve it themselves. And I just think that's really cool. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. So uh, um, the biggest one is they always say, uh, I'm not smart enough or I'm not patient enough or I'm not good at math, which all of that, you, you're, if you sit in LA traffic before you have patience, if you've, if you sit at a long line at a bank, that's patience. If you've had a kid, or uh, raise the kid, that's complete patience. So I don't use that as an excuse at all. I just think that um, there's a lot of self-doubt, even when it comes to something like this, where when someone says immediately, oh, I can't do that. I, I, used, to, I used to be able to do one side, but I've gotten older and I, I don't think I can do that anymore. And I say, well, hold on. I reach into my backpack. I'm like, here we go. Today's the start of the day of your, uh, of your new Rubik's Cube journey stuff. So it really is cool seeing um, the people that have a lot of doubt at the beginning. But then a week or two weeks later, I get a text message saying, I got my first solve. And a week later, hey, I got my best time. And then it's kind of like they're stuck in this world now where, where they even talk to their friends about it, too. It's like, oh, dude, I was able to solve my first Rubik's Cube this weekend. Oh, really? That's awesome. Um, email this guy. He'll send you a free Rubik's Cube. And, and it kind of just grows from there. I just I, I, I do appreciate the community. And I do... I do want to grow the community as well too. It's my way of like giving back because I've had so much positive things happen with the Rubik's cube that um, giving back to the community and not asking for anything back, I think is really important too, which is, uh, which is one of the reasons why I started the nonprofit uh, really is to give back and to grow a community, which I, I believe strongly. In. Um, even kids that are five years old can benefit all the way up to 55 year olds can benefit from the Rubik's cube. Even if you can solve one side or just identify, you know, certain colors 
I think that's great. You didn't have any any knowledge about it at all, but if you learn something from it or or gain something from it, I think it's completely worth it. Absolutely. And um, and that's true with many, if not all areas of life. Um, you're, you're talking about a community, like what, what is this community and like, who does it entail? Is it like more or less the hobbyists, the people that just enjoy it? Um, and like, where can you find this community? Oh, so I'd say the biggest community is the speed solving community. Those mm-hmm. are the, those are the uh, kids and teenagers and some adults that, um, compete at a uh, Ruby's cube speed cubing competitions. Um, unfortunately with, uh, uh, COVID, uh, last year and a half, um, mm-hmm. those competitions have dwindled down. But prior to that, you'd have hundreds of kids going out there and competing at competitions to see who can do it the fastest. I think the coolest part is when I, I've been to nine competitions and I am one of the older ones there, I'd say the average age is between nine to maybe 14 years old. Uh, me, I'm already in my mid thirties and stuff and me showing up, I, I feel really old, which is totally fine too. I'm there for a good time. I'm there to support the community. Uh, but the coolest part is I'll see, you know, dozens of kids just sitting around a table and, and talking about the cube and, and, um, um, exchanging tips and tricks on how to be really good at it. And, uh, the kids, there's uh male and female kids, different backgrounds. There's, there's really no, I'd say the community is people that are just passionate about the cube, but there's no gender. There's no, uh, race. There's no, um, sexuality. There's nothing involved with that. It purely is a um, a cube which is just so recognizable and anyone can do it. And that's what I really like about it too. Um, they, even, they even have uh, Rubik's cubes that are for like blind people too. So there's sectors, there's sectors of the population where the cube can really benefit from. There's, it's not just for the people that are really good at math or science. It really is um, a, a tool for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot at competition as well. That's super cool. Um, where can you like find these competitions? So they, um, so as I'm talking to you right now, I'm, I'm telling you everything that was happening prior to COVID. Yeah. So these competitions yeah, right. would, yeah. These competitions would happen at like the campus of UCLA or campus or uh, college campuses or elementary schools, high schools. Um, there's a website called uh, world cube, uh, world cubing association. They have a list of the worldwide um, competitions and stuff. So you kind of just put in your zip code and you'll see what competitions you're, you're close by. Um, the cool thing about the WCA or World Cubing Association, they're like the governing body of all world records. So the world record right now is 3.47 seconds. It's, um, it's a verified world record because it was held at a World Cubing Association competition. So, hmm. so technically anyone goes to a competition and you can get the world record. So, which is kind of cool. Um, it's really hard, but it's, it's really cool seeing the people that they're, they're solving it in four seconds. And you're really hoping to see a world record in front of you because that's going to be, you know, pretty amazing to see. Yeah, that's super cool. And um, how you're talking about like the, the mathematics side and uh, all these benefits and things like very recently, it's been, it's been pretty popular of people like creating murals or like the, oh, yeah. uh, the murals with like mm-hmm. hundreds of cubes. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's great. And, and then they'll just like scrap it and just like create a whole new one. Yeah. There's um, I can't think of the names off the top of my head, but there's probably about, you know, 
about 10 mosaic Rubik's Cube uh, builders. So they, they make those large portraits of people or large um, kind of painting type things. Uh, I was thinking about doing that, but there's so many people out there that are really good at doing it and stuff. Um, so I, I didn't want to give that a try because I have to invest so much time and effort into it. Mm-hmm. But it is very cool having people out there like that because those mosaics are putting a uh, Rubik's Cube out in the mainstream because yeah. um, like, for example, uh, when Kobe Bryant died what, a couple of years ago, there was a Rubik's Cube solver who was a really big Kobe fan and he, he made a thousand Rubik's Cube mosaic of Kobe Bryant. And it was kind of featured on, you know, ESPN, CNN, and all that. And that's that's putting Rubik's Cube out in the forefront um, in a really positive light. And I think any any type of um, any type of uh, publicity uh, for Rubik's Cubing and the community is is just great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially when there's not necessarily like um, mass media coverage at these events and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah. It's pretty it's pretty specialized, like niche wise to the point where it's easy to look up, like, especially mm-hmm. when you're saying, uh, like the, the world, uh, website, uh, thing, mm-hmm. um, like they're very easy to look up, but not necessarily everybody knows to look for it. Yeah, totally. That's, um, <clears throat> that's why I tend to always bring Rubik's cubes out with me. If I, let's say go to a bar or a restaurant, I'll have my Rubik's cube out on the table. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really cool when you have people have genuine interest. And when I say genuine interest, that means, Oh, cool. Um, you can solve one of those. Uh, I used to be able to solve one as a kid, but not anymore. If I can strike up those type of conversations where people like are, they have a genuine interest in uh, what the cube is and why you even have it out. I, I think that's awesome. It's awesome to see Ruby's cubes out in public. I'm a substitute teacher and it's cool seeing some of the students have their own cubes in class. And I'm like, Hey, I'm a cuber too. And then we'll have a cool little competition or, yeah. you know, we'll just talk a little bit about it and stuff. But. Um, I think now over the last couple of years or a couple of years in the future, I think we're going to see Rubik's Cubing more in the mainstream, a little bit more in the mainstream. Um, you'll, you'll see a lot of movies. They'll have like Rubik's Cubes like on a desk in the background somewhere. And I like mm-hmm. seeing that. I like seeing that kind of stuff. Or if you've ever seen uh, Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith, there's a really famous scene where he's sitting in the back of a cab solving a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. So well, when we see those like on movies and uh, TV shows, um, it does bring excitement to the community because, um, you know, it's, Hey, did you see that Rubik's cube in the background? I can solve a Rubik's cube too. Let me show you. So pretty cool. Yeah. That's, that's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like one of those things where the, the community is big, but not necessarily noticed. So sure. like once they get, once they get that little in, then they're like, Hey, Hey, that that's us. Yeah, definitely. I think that's with uh, a lot of hobbyists. Like oh yeah, totally. I would never know anyone's into jujitsu unless I saw a shirt that they're wearing. If they say um, uh, champions BJJ, I'm like, oh, you do you, you do uh, jujitsu as well? You, you'll never know. You can't ever tell. Oh, yeah. I can't. I can't walk down the street and say, oh, that person's definitely a cuber. I don't know that unless they're wearing a shirt or they have one of these like as a keychain, mm-hmm. like from their hanging from their pocket or something. Um, do you like confront anybody that like? is like just believes that it wouldn't be fun like they they don't think that they like regardless of any other excuses they just mm-hmm. say um i just don't think i'd enjoy it like is there like a rebuttal to that you know what um i i've run into a few people like that and if they're not genuinely interested in it i, I can't i can't force them yeah yeah, yeah no. obviously i've i've 
I've taught people the first few steps to get the first layer. They'll get the first layer and then they'll get the second layer. But there's no follow-up after that. They're, I just know they're not interested and that's completely fine too. I would never force anyone or make anyone feel like, you know, bad about not solving the Rubik's Cube. Mm-hmm. In the least, if they have a Rubik's Cube that I, I donated to them, I really hope that they donated someone else who actually would have a, a genuine interest in it. Um, yeah. But uh, as far as rebuttals go, um, if they gave up on the Rubik's Cube, there's completely out of my hands. Yeah, out of my hands. totally. It's, it's a shame too. I, 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 I want to be at 100% success rate for solving the Rubik's Cube, but unfortunately I'm not. There's just people that are just not into it. Some people, I can't force someone to be into crossword puzzles. I don't like crossword puzzles at all. So uh, I used to be into Sudoku. I gave that up too. You know, some things are just not, it doesn't fit someone's personality and that's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. Just being able to, to if you enjoy it, then you try it out at least. Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a neighbor um, who's over 50 years old. And once mm-hmm. I talked to him about, um, about this whole thing, uh, he was like, I would love to learn how to do the Rubik's Cube. So I'm going to go over there and, and we're going to train and I'm just going to show him how to do it. And he just says, he just like, he's like, he's like, all my life, I thought that was so cool. And he's like, and I've never like sat down and done it. And yeah. I was just like, we'll do it. And I was like, that it's so cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Totally. Um, when I have people that are kind of getting new into it and I know that they don't have a lot of patience, I'll try to knock out the teaching really fast, like in a day and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's when I'll spend a lot of time with them, making sure they know every single step. Because um, sometimes if it takes too long, someone or people will give up on it. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't see any type of progress. Uh, but it's cool that your your neighbor um, will check it off its bucket list. So, so cool. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And and it's something so simple. Yeah. And yet not enough people like actively say that chip bucket list thing. Like, yeah, not yeah. enough people do that. Yeah. So cubing is it's such a economical uh, hobby. It's like this one cube uh, cost me like $2.30. And... I can give it to someone and not worry about it. They can take that cube and stick it in their backpack and they'll just have the cube. It's very portable. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's such a cheap hobby. Yeah. And you can, you can practice it anywhere. You can practice it at an airport, on an airplane, on train, a uh, passenger of a car. If you're waiting um, in line on a bank, you know, it's, it's, it's so cool. It's, it's, I like it because um, with kids, they're not like on a cell phone thing. Like, um, playing video games on a cell phone or they're just yeah. scrolling on Instagram. If they have this, if they have two hands on this, they don't have two hands on the phone, which I think is, is my favorite part about it too. Yeah, totally. Um, uh, Oh, I blanked on what I was going to say, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like what you're saying with um, just two hands and just being focused. Cause like a lot mm-hmm. of things that I, I were straying away from as an era is just staying focused. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just giving that little bit of, um, some of the most fun that I have with it is when mm-hmm. something's going on in the background and I'm just kind of just doing it on the side. Um, oh, yeah. like you, you, like, it's not something that you have to seclude yourself from the world mm-hmm. and just like ultimate focus on it. And I think that's what like maybe scares some people is thinking that like, it's going to take so much effort. When in reality, like once you get the steps down, you it can almost be like just subconscious at, at a point. 
and you yep. can just do it more for enjoyment and just kind of just like as a side thing, not necessarily as a full focus um, dive type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. The people that do get hyper-focused in it are the, um, the competitive speed cube solvers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you know a guy named Max Park. Um, he's super, super, super high into the, um, uh, like the world, one of the previous world record holders, but he'll spend hours and hours and hours knocking out these solves and, and he'll probably do like 500 solves a day. That's how hyper-focused it is. On the other spectrum of that, someone can solve this at least once a week, just one time, and that's totally cool too. Um, you can, whatever you want to do with it, choose your own adventure with you. So me, yeah. um, uh, I like collecting different type of puzzles, twisty puzzles. I'm at about gosh, 240 different types of puzzles. Mm-hmm. I just like the collecting part. But as far as the solving part, I probably, I probably train probably about 30, 30 minutes a day on average. But when it comes to this, I'll spend like three days trying to solve this one. Wow. So yeah, it's cool. And the accomplishment on that one is just feels so much more invigorating, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I've only solved this one time and I'm probably only going to solve it one time, but that one time <laughs> is like enough for me. Yeah. But I do like, I do like collecting because um, the people that, that are interested in the cube in, in the three by three, they'll move on to the four by four or five by five. I like to show people that there are different types of Rubik's cube type of puzzles and stuff. Um, like here's, here's one of the, uh, what's this? Can you see that? Yeah. This is the smallest mass reduced Rubik's cube. It's one centimeter. Wow. And it's completely solvable too. You just, uh, you know, you can move it, do whatever. Right. Yeah. On, the, on the other side of this. So I said, this is one centimeter. Uh-huh. This, this is the world's largest mass reduced Rubik's cube. This is 30 centimeters. So this is like 30 times as big as this small one right here. And still this, solvable. Still solvable. But it's so cool because when you take it out and show people, they just, you can see like the glimmer of their eyes, just eyes just get wide open. It's like they can solve this one. And I'm like, here, solve this one. And then they have a bigger accomplishment. It's so weird that the bigger size the cube gets, it's like the happier they get when they solve it. It's bizarre. And I'm sure that there's still elevated, like, uh, enjoyment, even just in the tiny one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's really cool. And, um, yeah, I like it because sometimes people do, people do, uh, or people are interested in, you know, the cubing world and what the other twisty puzzles puzzles are. So that's why I built my collection, because now I can have every single type of puzzle um, to donate out to if anyone wants it, so... That's super cool. Yeah. And and like what you said about like the how it costs like two dollars and thirty cents for like that mm-hmm. one. Um me like from a business standpoint, that's such a cheap way to buy it. Like that's such a cheap price to buy a customer or somebody into your community. Like if the community just it expounds one person at a time mm-hmm. for like an extra two dollars. Yeah. It, it, like that's pretty awesome. Like there's yeah, very yeah, there's very few communities that that you could do that where um, you could pretty much gather people from across the world, every ethnicity, every race for such a cheap price and only minimal amount of time. And yet so much accomplishment. I would say it's like one of the very rare ones where it's like ton of accomplishment because it's in the world. It's something Mm -hmm. that you can recognize on somebody's desk, but every time you see it, you think of it as like, 
oh, that's cool. But you more look at it as, as like an obstacle mm-hmm. or like something that you've shied away from. But the moment that you can solve it, like if, like you said, like you see it in the background in a movie, you're like, hey, I can <laughs> solve it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. Even like me as an adult, like when I, um, yeah, like I said, uh, do substitute teaching. When I see people sitting on the ground with their friends, Rubik's cubing, it's like so cool because that that community is yeah. You'll never know unless you see someone actually solving stuff, and it really is cool. Um, uh, being able to see see its growth over the last you know decade. Um, in the eighties, it got really popular, and then it got not popular. Now it's starting to get popular again because of YouTube, and people can now just learn how to solve it by watching other people solve it. And I don't know if you know this, but there's actually a Rubik's Cube movie coming out. I don't know if it's going to be good. I don't know if it's going to be amazing, but there is a movie out there. So Rubik's Cube will be in the mainstream. I'm a little afraid though, because it, it, it just might be like a really terrible movie. Yeah. It just might turn, turn a lot of people off. That's what I'm afraid of. I've worked so hard getting all these cubes out to people and stuff. But I just don't want it to be like, I don't want it to be cringy. But if it's bad enough, then it'll get tons of publicity. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, a belie- I'm a big believer in any publicity is like good publicity. So, yeah. so like uh, uh, you mentioned it slightly, like with the YouTube thing. Um, is there any other reason why you think that um, it's going to be really big in the next few years? Like the young generation, you said, is like the ones going to these competitions. You think the the growth of that young de- generation that's like into speed cubing, do you think they're going to be kind of like the the elders kind of leading, paving the way for the new generation? I think so. I think so. Because uh, recently, probably about a year and a half ago, Netflix um, released their documentary called The Speed Cubers. You know, they, they put speed cubing in the forefront of the documentary on Netflix. That means a lot of people, a lot of attention, a lot of people watching it. That's great. Um, Red Bull, Red Bull puts on these uh, Rubik's Cube solving competitions and you know how Red Bull does it. Red Bull will put a lot of money, a lot of effort into these big extravagant events, and, which is um, which is great. So I think, and, and with YouTube and a lot of YouTube personalities uh, out there, um, I think it's progressively going to be um, very, beneficial, uh, very beneficial for the Cuban community. And like we said earlier about the uh, mosaic artists we're, we're starting to see how how like all the different ways rubik's cubes can just be kind of sprinkled inside of you know of the general public and um it's pretty cool i'm excited to see you know what different like if someone can if an astronaut goes to space and brings a rubik's cube i'll be very excited i'll be extremely excited because <laughs> i know that's going to make news it's going to be like the highest altitude Rubik's Cube solve and I'll be like hey that's pretty cool that would be really cool yeah um and then like lubricated it enough so that when you like hit it then it just continues to spin forever (laughs) exactly yep that's perfect yep that would be great but yeah like uh the one thing that I was really impressed about with the um uh with the mosaic stuff was Mm -hmm. the moment that I saw that I was immediately the first thing that I thought about Cause I've seen, I've, I'm very artistic. I love like seeing all those kind of like mosaic things built out of other things. But the thing that mm-hmm. impressed me the most, like right off the bat was how did they get that many Rubik's cubes? I was like, 
they must have bought them in bulk or something. But I personally was just impressed that somebody had that big of a collection. And then the more that I actually did more research and stuff, I found a lot of people not necessarily collecting one cube like hundreds of times, but like all these different kinds of cubes. And I saw people's bookshelves yeah. covered in cubes and yeah. like stuff like that. And I, I thought it was really neat and that there's actually like people out there who actively search for um, the different styles, the different types and uh, stuff like that. And I, I thought that was super cool. Yeah. So the cool, the cool thing about these, uh, um, so anytime a puzzle twist is called a twisty puzzle. So it might not be necessarily a cube shape. It can be like a rectangle or a circle or a sphere. As long as it twists, it's called a twisty puzzle. Um, twisty puzzles get manufactured and sometimes they get discontinued or they don't manufacture anymore mm -hmm. and they just become rare. Um, so that, that's why I like searching for those kind of rare cubes. Sometimes they get very expensive though. Sometimes there's certain types of cubes that are uh, twisty puzzles that I like to uh, collect. Um, but my, my collection, yeah, well, it's about 230 right now. There's people that have like over 500 or 600 cubes in their collection. I think it's amazing. Um, I, I just, I, if I could, I'd get every single cube. I just don't have space for it too. So now I actually yeah. have to pick and choose which, which puzzles like I, I want to collect and stuff. Um, but I generally like collecting things, um, anyways. So I, I, I think collecting twisted puzzles and cubes are, are really cool as, uh, are really cool for, for my personality. Absolutely. Well, you're doing great work for the community, even just by just bringing them around and giving them out and stuff like that. So I think that's great. Um, where can, uh, we see this thing? It's called cubing together. Oh, so my uh, nonprofit, you can go to the website. It's called cubetogether.org. Cubetogether.org. Right there, there you can um, check out our mission. You can check out the tutorial. You can donate um, donate uh, cubes so that other people can get, um, so other people can benefit. Or you can uh, shoot an email and uh, request a free cube for yourself or request a free cube for anyone that you know inside the continental United States. Um, so, um, and if you want to email, uh, email me to talk about Rubik's Cubes or if you have any issues with solving a Rubik's Cube, I'll always talk. I'm such a nerd when it comes to Rubik's Cubes. I will, I will sit with anyone for hours and hours if they want, and then we can, uh, we can finish solving that Rubik's Cube. Um, but yeah, check out uh, cubetogether.org. Uh, that's my um, nonprofit. So. Awesome. Thank you very much, for the, It was great talking to you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you uh, for this uh, opportunity. It's really cool. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, just continue and just have fun with it. Like there's, there's no criticism, no nothing here. I'm just super excited. Um, and I've, uh, I've done a couple things to try and get the, the word out there because all these passions that I'm trying to like look mm -hmm. into Rubik's cubing was actually the very first one that I'm, I started cool. doing. So, awesome. so this is the first full process that uh, I'm accomplishing of actually like trying to do it, raise awareness about it and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways that, um, I tried getting people to, uh, to look out for it was actually, I made a couple of custom ones. Oh, nice. Um, oh, that's beautiful. I spray painted uh, ah, stripes onto that one. And then this one I took, bear with me, um, it, it, it's aesthetic. It's not necessarily the easiest thing to solve, but, <laughs> um, but I took different metallic paints. So oh, golds, bronze, silvers, black and white. 
um, and and then a rose gold. And so um, with these two, uh, I I was just kind of I made a video of uh, my process of making them, and then am uh, doing a giveaway with them. And actually, was the most successful video that I've had thus far. So um, I, it was great to 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 even just like just barely graze the um, the Cuban community, and even a few people joined the the giveaway who haven't solved one before, which I thought mm -hmm. was awesome as well. So. Um, so yeah, so like simple little things, but um, it's something that uh, we'll get the word out there and we'll see how it goes. Awesome, that's great. I'm uh, really, I'm really uh, excited that you're uh, kind of growing the community as well too. In, yeah. in in your different ways, it's it, it really does make a difference. Yeah, and and my other video, uh, which I am currently editing, I did um, 24 hours of of Rubik's cubing in three settings. So like. <laughs> So, and I solved it, like, I think it was close to two or 200 times. Oh, man, that's amazing. That's yeah. so cool. And, and, and just something like that, just like when somebody realizes that, and I, I started from not knowing it at all. So, mm -hmm. like, I, I think, like, once you can kind of just show somebody it's this easy and there's so much um, potential for, like, how much, how much fun you can have how much mm -hmm. enjoyment and achievement that you can attain from solving a, a simple three by three. Yeah. That's absolutely amazing. That's so cool. Yep. So hopefully that'll, that'll do it. And, um, we'll be, uh, what's the, the name of the movie that's coming out? Oh, it's, it's in production. I don't know anything else past that. It's in production. That's it. I don't know the name of it. Um, maybe within the next year, two years, but it's going to be a Rubik's Cube movie in the theaters. Huh. Super cool. Uh, well, we'll keep an eye out for that. And, and let's fingers crossed. Fingers yes. crossed about that. Totally. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Fu, so much for uh, joining. And um, I'll keep you updated. Cool. Sounds great. Sweet. All right. Thanks. Talk to you later. Yeah.